only a few days into traveling and uh, I'm already starting to have les problèmes. <laughs> it's just amazing how much stupid, dumb little crap can go wrong. In this case, it's just, man, I guess, I was gonna say this always happens, but to be fair, the last time I remember this happening was 2004 or something, is when you just don't pack something mysteriously. There's just something missing. Where back in 2004, when the internet was still relatively new and I moved to Vancouver for the first time, first time I'd moved away from home, first time in a big city, and I didn't bring a computer or a laptop or anything. So what I had at the time... There weren't really MP3 players yet at that point, but I had a Discman where you could put... You could burn a CD with MP3s on it and then it would play. So still needed batteries, still had to put a disc in that would spin, still had to be careful that it didn't skip. Basically just like a portable, you know, Discman, except you could put like 700 songs on it. So I had like a wallet full of different stuff that really had to do me because like I didn't, didn't bring a computer, didn't plan to have a computer. And for some reason, the only disc that was missing was I grabbed like all of Elliot Smith's stuff. I only had heard of Elliot Smith about a year before when he passed away. But I had all the Elliot Smith albums on this one disc and it was the only disc that wasn't in my little wallet. <laughs> I was like, man, are you kidding me? Of all the random ones for me to forget to bring, that literally was the worst one. And you know, if I was back home, just would have downloaded this stuff again, burned a new CD, but instead I had to I had to get a job. <laughs> I had to save up money. I had to go buy from a basement on the hill. I had to go buy figure eight. I had to go buy new moon. And at that point, I mean, CDs, oh geez. You, kids these days, you don't know how good you got it. You can just stream stuff on Spotify, watch every song on YouTube. CDs are like 30 bucks. <laughs> so I bought those three and I was like, all right, at least I got some Elliot Smith back in my life. But that took me like eight months <laughs> to even get to that point. And then I never did catch up on all the other Elliot Smith albums until several years later when I had a computer and stuff again. Just that one little thing, man, really kind of messed me up. In this case, it's a lot stupider and more mundane, but I just, uh, I was just gonna shave and I'm gonna try to. Last time I traveled, I didn't bring like an electric shaver, like a hair buzzer. But I've just gotten way too gray <laughs> all of a sudden. My last hurrah was uh, when I was in my mid, I mean, all the way to my late 30s, I guess. I just had uh, gray hair on the temples. And at the time of like 2016, 2017, the look was the high and tight, <laughs> you know, the really like shaved hair on the sides for guys. So it was perfect. I just got that haircut. They shaved down the only part where I was really looking gray. I mean, I started getting gray hairs when I was like 20. But as long as that part was gone, it was like, yeah, I could sneak in. Cause I mean, yeah, like this fucking coffee shop I worked at in Vancouver, Trees Organic. Everyone else who worked there was in like their early 20s. And I was in my mid 30s, but nobody knew. They were all shocked when they 
when they learned my decrepit age. But since then, the gray hair has advanced to the point that I just prefer to keep my hair buzzed down all the time. Fuck it. And getting haircuts was kind of a pain in, uh, in Japan. I did get a haircut at one barber shop on, on Oyama Road by Ikebukuro. But uh, at that point, I'd already figured out that the language barrier was a lot more severe than I expected. There were a lot of places where nobody speaks English at all, which is fine. I don't expect people to speak English. I just was surprised because it's not so much that way other places. I mean, like here in Montreal, <laughs> just yesterday, I was ordering a coffee and I was so proud of myself, like a café moyenne avec de crème et Boston crème, s'il vous plaît. I did it all French. And then she said something that I could not comprehend. So I just said, yeah, yeah, no, that's everything. I'll just pay with debit, please. <laughs> but that's fine here. You can just switch to fucking English at any time. So for my haircut in Japan, I brought a picture of just somebody with their hair buzzed off. It was James McAvoy. <laughs> and I was just like, just so I could show them the picture. And I just went in and showed them. And I was like, this, please, just set your buzzer to, to one to the lowest it'll go, just buzz off my hair. And they asked me something and I was like, I don't know. I speak only English, just, just, just like the picture, please. And they asked something else and I said, I, I don't know. I only speak English, I just... <laughs> it'll be a lot better this time, that at least I have a phone with the Google Translate stuff on it. So they just shaved off my hair and I paid them 10 bucks and there you go. But it was like, man, yeah, like, just uh, trickier, trickier than you'd expect and kind of not fair to them <laughs> to just have to deal with me and my complete inability to speak. So then the next time I had to get my hair cut, I was in Fukuoka, and I remember I just sat in the little, I had one of those little square tubs, and all I had was just a normal razor, like a bick, and I just painfully bicked my hair all off, and it was like really unpleasant, took forever, hurt quite a bit. So this time I got a, a razor, but the point of this fucking ramble is I'm going to try to keep up with it just every week if I just uh, buzz my hair once a week easier to maintain that way and I opened up the thing and the razor was there and the power cord was not there and it's just like man I was just like really angry at myself like how is that possible I set everything up beforehand I've got I'm like traveling a lot more carefully than last time I have extras of stuff you know, anything that seemed important, I have like a backup. I'm being a lot more careful and kind of like more meticulous. But all I can figure is I think my meticulousness backfired on me because I must have been. I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to roll things back in my brain to imagine how I could possibly be this idiotic. I think I must have been charging the razor the night before. So it'll have a nice full charge. <laughs> and then I unplugged it and didn't take the plug out of the wall. That has to be what happened. And again, if I was just at home, maybe I'd even try it if I was just here for longer, but I would just go on, you know, eBay or whatever. It's just a Phillips razor. It's a normal plug. There's probably approximately a billion of those power cords in the world. But without being able to order one, it's like, man. So that's my, my dumb mission today, or part of my dumb mission for today is I did find a thrift store the other day. Bought some very nice little bags to add to my 
bags within bags system. Again, just to not have any further loss of stuff. So I'm heading back there because there's always that wall of just weird miscellaneous electronic stuff hanging there. Who knows, maybe I'll get lucky. If not, I know there's a Best Buy if I go way downtown. I don't know, would they just sell a, a, just a power cord? I mean, the whole Razor, the whole stupid thing was on sale. It was like 40 or 50 bucks. I have a bad feeling that might be where this is heading, that I'll just have to buy a whole new buzzer. But for now, I just didn't shave my hair. I can let the hair grow, it's fine, it's no biggie. Just used it just to shave my beard so I don't look like a wacky vagrant. But I'll just keep the thing with me, keep my eyes peeled for for a power cord. And then I guess we'll see when I get to Japan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that could be, I mean, maybe that'll be fun. I'm trying to look at the upside, right? There's all these weird little stores and like Akihabara and stuff that are just, just power cords and stuff. Surely, surely to fuck. In fact, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. That'll be my mission. It might be a little tricky to find something here in Montreal. I feel like my options are a little bit limited, but surely in Japan, <laughs> you know, it's the land of just random power cables. And then if worse comes to worse and I just have to buy a new buzzer, well, whatever. Man, there's a random, random story I could tell you. This makes me just think of random stuff. So when I moved to Vancouver in 2004, I got like a job as a dishwasher and that was miserable. But then my second job was at a coffee shop at the Blends Coffee at uh, Davy and Granville. And I worked the graveyard shift because uh, it was like, I don't know, supposed to be one of their flagship stores. So they wanted it to be open 24 hour, but it should not have been. <laughs> I was just there as security. We didn't make any money at night. It's just me dealing with the uh, quite severe homeless problem in Vancouver. I remember there was this one guy though, who was uh, a more enterprising homeless guy who uh, he would offer like, hey, if you give me like a piece of day old cheesecake and uh, orange juice, I'll clean the washroom for you. And I was like, yeah, dude, are you kidding? Yes, please. Cause even, geez, that was a culture shock <laughs> moving to a big city, changing the, uh, garbage bag in the bathroom the first thing they taught me was like wear these big thick rubber gloves and hold the bag out from yourself because there's gonna be needles in there and if the needles poke out of the bag you could get poked by someone's drug needle it's like oh that's disturbing though fast forward 20 years and uh, my hometown's not so different it's one of those things that it's like it's good and bad it's like it's good that there's like services to get clean needles and it's good that there's needle disposal stuff in like the washrooms in the public parks or at the library. But it's creepy at the same time. It's like, oh man, it's a real downer. You're just trying to go to the library and it's like your needle disposal unit. It's like, oh man, these poor folk that I certainly do not know how to solve any of that. But anyway, on one of my graveyard shifts, this one guy came in who uh, was just a traveling, traveling young man who was clearly just uh, sort of had nowhere really to stay. He was just trying to find places to ingratiate himself. And I was just bored to death. Either I was like stressed to death or bored to death on those graveyard shifts. You know, there's no middle ground. So I was like, this guy is pretty personable and he had some adventure stories and 
I was like, yeah, dude, hang out. And in fact, here, have some, have some of the day-old cookies. Have a croissant. Drink all the coffee you want. What do I give a fuck? Minimum wage at that point was really low in Vancouver. I was getting paid like $7 an hour or something for this nightmare job. So I was like, you can just have whatever you want. Just hang out. But I remember he had a razor, an electric razor, that had all these different stickers on it that he'd picked up from his travels. Whenever he got a weird sticker from somewhere, he always put it on his razor. And that was the night the razor broke, sadly. He just, you know, went into our washroom to touch himself up a bit, and the razor broke. And I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. I don't even remember this guy's name. I never saw him again, even though I told him he could come back. I was like, anytime I'm working, dude, come on in, I don't mind. Let's wait till I'm out of this traffic, Jesus. Pay attention though to that traffic noise. This is the scene of the crime for my next story. We'll get to that after. But yeah, this guy's uh, cool razor that he always took with him broke. And yeah, because again, we were just random acquaintances. He was just, you know, <laughs> he put the stiff upper lip on. He tried to pretend it was no big deal. He's just kind of playing it off. But I could just really see like, I think probably he's a little stressed from being basically homeless or in, in between places. I don't know exactly what his status was. He didn't at all, he did feel like a traveler. He didn't feel like a homeless person at all. But at that moment he was homeless and uh, probably tired and stuff. His emotional defenses were probably a little low, but I could see that he was really broken up by his, his razor breaking, his electric shave thing breaking. He clearly had it for a long fucking time and it had gone all over the place with him. And what's the point of that story? I don't know, but that's what this whole podcast is gonna be, just random stories vaguely related to travel with no particular point. But anyway, yeah, none of this is a big deal. It's just a little thing in my book bag, worst case scenario, a tiny little extra weight. Just truly unexpected. How did I forget the power cord? Man, what a maroon. So I'm on my way to the thrift store to look for that. But I'm also on my way to go uh, scope out a laundromat. I got a couple of local laundromats I'm gonna go to just to see if I can figure out how they work. Presumably, I mean, I just haven't used laundry in a long time. Presumably, you can get change for the washing machines and pay, if you find one with an attendant, and pay them with a card. Because, you know, back in the day, it was all cash. You gotta use cash to break it down into the coins. But hopefully, now that it's the more modern world, that's not the case, because since I'm gonna be leaving the country soon, I don't wanna have any Canadian money on me. That's just gonna be completely useless. And what I was really hoping is maybe we would be fully modern. Like, why are we still using coins? But all the places I like Googled, they all still seem to take coins. And I asked on the Montreal Reddit, just in case, because like I was saying, how there's like a really good visiting Japan Reddit that's really helpful. I don't really use Reddit that much, but it seems like for stuff like this, maybe it's useful. So I asked them, just anybody know in Montreal, are there any cool laundry places but it was too too random a question no no one knew and one person pointed out like if these laundry places didn't take physical cash then how would they launder money and it's like oh yeah I mean I'm not really some big conspiracy guy I don't know but I feel like there's a good chance that is true that a lot of these places <laughs> it probably is 
part of the reason they exist. It's just to launder some money through them. I can't imagine it's a glorious, high-paying property to have a laundromat. But yeah, this, I mean, this Airbnb I'm at, I would have taken it no matter what, because like I was saying, it's the only cheap one, cheapish, and it's actually more than I thought. I thought it was like 550. It's more like 650 for this little stay. This little stay in Montreal, what a bummer. Canadian prices, they're so bad. But it did have a uh, washer and dryer listed that are not there. So I'm also going to uh, scope out laundromats and the reason that's become imperative, story number two, is you know, I mean, I was planning on doing laundry before I left the country. It'd be better than going to Japan with dirty clothes. But if I had to, I guess I could go. Although now that I think about it, I mean, laundry is oftentimes a problem. I remember the laundromat I used in Amsterdam, similar to my story about how uh, the only place I knew to buy pants in Amsterdam was in the tourist district, so they're really expensive. I mean, obviously there's more laundromats somewhere, but the one I used was right by like the red light district. <laughs> it was just right there. Because if you've never been to Amsterdam, you think, oh, red light district, like, oh, is that the seedy part of town? No, that's tourist Grand Central. Just all around it are places to buy crepes. And, and there was a laundromat there that was definitely overpriced. I mean, everything was quite expensive in Amsterdam, but especially that. But it was right by Newmarket Station. I could easily get there. That's where I always spent 13 euros or something to do my stupid laundry. But yeah, when I first got to Japan also, the first place I stayed didn't have a laundry machine. And uh, I could never find, well, I did find one laundromat near there, but it had no English signage at all. And I just completely couldn't figure it out. Again, this time I've got the phone with the Google Translate. I could like hold the phone up to the signs and I could probably piece together what's going on. But I remember that was uh, the dead of summer. And I tried doing, because this hostel I was at when I first got to Japan, I was there by myself most of the time. So if I was just there alone, you know, I would just like run super hot water in the sink and put some soap in and mush up my clothes and try to clean them. And then to rinse them, I can't remember where I heard this technique, but uh, while taking a shower, just put your clothes on the floor of the shower and stomp them like you're stomping grapes. So I did that stuff, but it just never quite worked. My clothes still just always smelled a little bit sweaty. And I was like, oh, I'm that guy. I'm the sweaty foreigner. Because <laughs> apparently there is a thing where uh, it's not 100% this way, but there, there are Asian people who have less sweat glands than us. I don't know, you have to look it up, but it's a bit of a thing where it's hard to find deodorant sometimes in Japan and just a lot of people legitimately just don't stink like we do. And if you ever saw the old anime ping pong club, that was one of the jokes, that there was a guy on the ping pong team who's this giant muscly blonde American guy who just reeks, he just smells awful all the time. And I was like, oh no, I'm the ping pong club guy right now, minus the muscles. So laundry's always just a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a problem. And uh, yet again, here we are. Once again, me versus laundry. 
A lot of the places I've got booked in Japan have their own laundry machines, so that's cool. You can also get portable. I just saw this on YouTube the other day. Quote unquote portable washing machines that like fold down. You pull them up, but you can only do one shirt or like three pairs of socks at once and they barely work. And there's still this big thing you gotta lug around. Not, not really portable. But the reason why I can't put this off <laughs> and I've gotta go figure out what's going on with laundry on a much quicker timeline is, <laughs> you know, I was, I was kind of hoping this podcast would be a little less scatological than the stuff I tend to do. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow it always comes back to this though, and I don't know what I was thinking because the grim, the grimy, grody world of traveling is it can be an especially gross experience. So what did I think? I mean, the very first episode was about how I had diarrhea on the way to Japan the first time. Like, of course, this is just gonna come up. This is just gonna be a thing in this podcast. It would be wildly disingenuous if it wasn't. But let's see how to lay this out. So first off, I guess I was just glad once I'm here that you can just get, you know, Middle Eastern food easily. I think I mentioned that that you can get it in my hometown, but it's really expensive here. I mean, it's not cheap here, but it's cheaper because there's a bunch of different chains that are at least in competition with one another. And it's so nice because you can just get like salads and stuff and you just don't feel bad, <laughs> you know? You go to fast food and you tend to feel bad. You get Middle Eastern food, shawarma plates and stuff, you feel good. Especially, man, Vancouver is so good for that stuff. There's that, oh, that place on Commercial Drive. I would just get veggie plates. I'm not a distinct vegetarian, but I would get the veggie plate because it was better. <laughs> it was the best option, it was so delicious. So I did that and I was like, ah, oh, awesome, so good. But then, the day after that, I was at the dollar store just to buy some whatever soap and mouthwash, little things like that that I didn't have. And I was like, well, while I'm here, let me just buy a bunch of crap, a bunch of junk food. And then it started raining a bit. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna head back. This is what I'm gonna eat today. So it was just, you know, like gummy worms and uh, spicy lime blasted corn chips and all this fucking shit. And like a giant bag of them, not just a, not just a little one. And I crammed all this junk in my face and didn't think twice about it until about 28 hours later <laughs> when the next day I had to roll things back in my mind and be like, what caused this to happen? Oh, that's what, that's why. Because I went to the dollar store and I ate nothing but shit. What did I think was gonna happen? Oh, is that the laundromat? Man, uh, it's amazing how fast you get used to the creature comforts. I don't know how I ever found anything. I mean, all of my traveling up to this point, I've never had a little map on my phone. But through the little map on my phone, it's like, oh, buddy, you went the wrong way. You just walked right past the laundromat. I never would have realized. <laughs> I would have just walked away. All right, I just took a quick little break to go into a dollar store just to buy laundry detergent and useful stuff like that, and I did not buy any food. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me, but yeah. <laughs> 
but I also just stopped in the laundromat. It is it is un, unmanned, unpersoned, which I think is, is normal. Although I'm going to another one on the way back that supposedly has like an attendant person. But yeah, I, got a, I guess most laundromats I've been to, if they're just there, there's no one there. So here it's just the machine. You put in the 20 bucks, you get a bunch of coins. But I mean, I make, I guess, like when I'm in my little Airbnb squirreled away, just these dumb little things, they seem like problems. They seem like such to-dos. Where once I'm out walking around and I'm in the world and it's like, well, how is this a big deal? Just go to the bank machine, I'll get 20 bucks out. Probably, if I do two loads of laundry and dry them both while I'm here, that'll probably use up most of that by itself. And then if I've got coins, man, like whatever, I'll just go to a coffee shop on my way out of town and I'll just leave a tip. <laughs> just whatever amount of money I have, that's your tip. It might be six bucks, here you go, just so I don't have it with me the whole time. It's not a big deal. But yeah, back to my laundry adventure. So I was walking around. My Airbnb is by Agrenal. But I was walking down Monk Street and maybe it's a boulevard, I don't know, <laughs> across this, uh, this canal that's down there. Started moseying and, uh, and I was like, oh, there's that St. Joseph's Oratory I keep talking about, the big famous uh, church. It's like right there. I mean, it's not right there. It's 90 minutes away, <laughs> but it looks like it's right there. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just really not that far from anything. I kept walking for a bit and I got near uh, Atwater Station. And it's like, oh yeah, I've been here a bunch of times. Like this is basically Montreal proper. It's just not that hard to get to. So I think I'm not gonna get a Metro card because I just don't mind walking. And I mean, I never minded walking. I was always a walking fan, but podcasting really changed my perception of walking as well. I used to just listen to music while I walked. So, you know, if you walk for an hour, that's like an album. That sort of feels like a long time. Whereas when you walk and listen to a podcast for an hour, that's one podcast, you know, roughly. So even if you walk for two or three hours, it's like, yeah, that's only two or three podcasts out of the 30 fucking podcasts in my backlog. That's all just dumb crap about wrestling or Magic the Gathering or something. It's not important to listen to. But I've always, I'm always like behind, like, oh, I gotta catch up on my podcast. There's just no better way to do that than to walk. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just gonna walk. I'm just gonna walk while I'm here in Montreal. Because that's also, again, this is like a slightly weird that I'm only here for 12 days when usually I'll be here for a whole summer or something. A month minimum, but usually two or three months. So just stuff just happens. There's no need to like go do stuff or go see stuff. But I was feeling more of that, more of the sort of conventional visit feeling of like, oh, shouldn't I go here? Shouldn't I go there? But the only places I want to go that even are kind of actual places are Mount Royal and that St. Joseph's place. And they're kind of one in the same. The uh, St. Joseph's church is on Mount Royal. All the other places I want to go, they're only cool because just because they're places that I've been before. You know, they're just normal neighborhoods. There's nothing special about them. It doesn't really matter if I go back to them or not. There's nothing actually there. So that's all I would really need Metro for. The Metro itself is actually really nice. I like the Montreal Metro. If you look up like top 10 best Metro stations in Montreal, 
It's really only the top five that are actually cool, but they're pretty cool. I've heard people say that uh, the Montreal subway is way up there, like just under like Moscow for being a cool metro. And it really is like it's so deep underground. You just keep going down and down and down and the architecture is so cool. And even just the sound, the sound of the trains moving is just cool. The little announcements sound cool. Whereas like the Toronto subway is just kind of bland and not very, you know, very utilitarian. And the New York one is very useful. Goes a lot of places, but it's just awful. It's like a nightmare. It's like you're in Escape from New York. It's like you're in a movie and it's just the worst. So I would kind of like to go on the subway just to dick around, but that's certainly not uh, what about your hand, honey? An important thing to do <laughs> while I'm here. So then I thought, you know, probably I'll just uh, go to Lionel Gru and just pay the 11 bucks for a one-time ticket to get back to the airport as I get out of here. But then I was walking around and uh, then the sun went down and uh, Montreal, I mean this in a nice way, in a uh, endearing way, but it's very, it's a grimy city. It's just kind of dirty all the time. <laughs> So it actually looks amazing at night. This place generally, or like winter, winter after a snowfall, fucking beautiful. And then at night, it just looks nice. It just looks cool. A lot cooler than it looks in the day. So I was walking around, it was night, everything was beautiful. And I was like, man, I just love this. I miss this so much from being in my hometown for four years where there was nowhere to go. You know, you could walk clear across the whole city in two or three hours. And I'd been every possible route over and over and over, nothing exciting about it. Where here I was just like, you know, roughly walking in the direction that I knew would get me back to my Airbnb, but didn't quite know, took a different route on the way back as I did on the way in. Everything was just pretty. And I'm like, this is fucking great. It's feeling pretty good all around. Like, yeah, everything's coming up Millhouse. And then, man, I mean, partially this is just how my my body works i did get an mri once and they they told me i have small organs all of my organs are smaller than average on the inside the inside <laughs> and uh makes it so i gotta pee a lot but also like when i gotta poop i just gotta poop there's, there's no way around it there's no, there's no waiting but it's the annoying thing about it is it doesn't matter how many times i stop at a washroom was it, was it Mean Girls or Josie and the Pussycats? That was like, you know, I always stop at the washroom every chance I get, better just to be on the safe side. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Nothing's gonna happen until my body's ready to get things moving. And then at that point, it's an immediate emergency. It's very fucking annoying. But, you know, it's not usually so terrible, except that what was going through my system was the entire bag of spicy hot Doritos rolled in the, they're like Takis, but they're the Dorito brand. There's a literal dynamite on the bag. of just like, you're gonna die if you eat this. And it just hit me so hard. And I was still like at least 20 minutes from home. I was by where that loud traffic was earlier. It's like, there's this ravine that splits uh, Verdun from whatever this neighborhood is called, Agrinal, I guess. And I was like, you know, it's like the pain is just incredible. It's like you're getting stabbed in the, the gut. And it's like, oh, the stabbing, but then it went away. 
And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll be all right. And then the stabbing comes back and I was just like getting angry at my body. Like, what is wrong with you? Just wait, just wait, <laughs> like come the fuck on. And that pain went away. But then the third time there was, there's just nothing I could do. It was insane. So there was this break in the traffic of this like six lane mega street. I ran across, but you can't get down to the ravine. There's a fence along the whole thing. So I was just kind of in this little patch of space between the road and the fence that had a little bit of like bushes. I was very slightly obscured, but I was glad it was nighttime. And this is also just again, just busy traffic going by. There's no pedestrians at all where I'm at. I mean, for an emergency situation, I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> and this is where I had to enact the traveler's secret of... <laughs> just looking around, I'm like, there's actually there's far too many people around right now for me to continue this story, but socks. Socks equal toilet paper. Socks double as toilet paper. <laughs> and I'll tell you how I first came to that. It's very obvious, but I don't know. It felt like an important discovery when I learned it. I'll tell you about how I learned that lesson, but uh, I'm almost at the Salvation Army, and then, uh, yeah, let me just get to a slightly less busy neighborhood before I keep talking about this, this nonsense. All right, in the very fucking fascinating saga of my stupid fucking hair clippers. <laughs> so, in this thrift store, I actually found two different thrift stores. They had like a, another, you know, from the same brand clipper, but it had all the pieces and all the parts except the cords. I was like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe that's more common. Maybe the world's actually littered with these things with the cords missing rather than with the cords. But anyway, back to the tale at hand. So, uh, yeah, like I said, night had fallen. I was by the big highway. It was intermittently raining, so that is the upside. Nobody was around. Just traffic, but it's like when you're on foot and there's cars, you're really in like a different world. It's like you're not even in the same reality as them. Especially on like a highway situation. No one's gonna stop. And yeah, I just felt the stabbing in my gut and it's like, like, this is crazy. I cannot believe how fast this came on. I cannot believe how much it hurts. The cold, hard reality is I'm gonna poop my pants. <laughs> and I was just not gonna let that happen. It'd be one thing if I was at like a normal apartment that I lived in and I had to take the walk of shame back and go straight into the shower. And then even if I run into somebody, you know, it's like my friends. <laughs> I mean, that exact thing happened to me in Toronto. That'd be one thing. But when I'm in this like communally situation with random Airbnb people, there's no way. There's no fucking way. I think under any circumstances, <laughs> I would have just whipped my pants down and just shit on the ground. So all things considered, I mean, this really wasn't the worst ever situation because uh, I doubt that any cars even really noticed that I was tucked away over on the weird side of the street next to the fence. But as desperate as I was and as much as this was hurting, the uh, one thing I had to do first, take a shoe off, take a sock off, <laughs> put the shoe back on because there's no way I wanted to do all that maneuvering 
after being compromised with poop. <laughs> and yeah, the sock thing. So how uh, I've realized this, because I, I always like to try to have, you know, like a little pack of wet wipes or something on me, just some kind of backup. That was when uh, I really realized how full my bag was with traveling is I had like one of those big, big packets of like 50 wet wipes that you use to refill containers. And I figured out, oh, I've got one of these around, I'll just bring it. And I just couldn't, it, there was no room, it just didn't fit. Hmm. I'm just walking by like an especially crappy corner store. And uh, in Quebec, you can buy beer in convenience stores. That's not normal in Canada. Normally, I like, I'm just not a drinker. I'm a drinker, I'm an, uh, what would you call it? <laughs> I'm a drinker of opportunity, an opportunistic drinker. If there's drinks around, I drink them, but I don't go out of my way to get them. So I, I do drink a lot more in Quebec than I do normally. I'll wait till I get to Japan. And even then, I probably won't drink too much, but at least there I can get strong zeros. It'll be fun. Here it's just, it's just kind of depressing. These stores just suck so bad. You can kind of tell like booze and cigarettes and a lot of tickets are the only reason this place is still in business. Hmm, maybe though, here's another one as I walk down the street. If I look at it that way, maybe I'm doing them a favor, right? If I go buy some drinks, money, money, money is all you need. Ah, fuck it. There we go, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Just bought some booze, I mean, it's the least I could do, right? I freaking, I freaking had to poop on the street yesterday. <laughs> I deserve something, right? And they have a big selection in there. In uh, my home province, New Brunswick, you can at least buy some stuff like at the grocery store now, but even that's pretty new. Here, man, yeah, that's great, you can get all kinds of crap just at a nice convenience store. It's so convenient. New York was like this too. But yeah, I was gonna get, I don't know, some weird like strawberry, watermelon nonsense. But instead I just got a four pack of Sapporo. Why not? Stick with that Japan mode. So yeah, I was exploring around Vancouver once and I don't remember the exact stop, but one of the stops on the SkyTrain, which is what they call just the elevated train, like heading toward New Westminster just some stop I'd never gotten off at before and I stopped there and there was like a, a you know a park so I went into the park and was wandering around and it was pretty nice and then I went in to use the little washroom in the park and there was just no toilet paper in the bathroom this was I don't know 10 years ago or so and I just realized like I'm looking around like I don't know I wish there was a free newspaper or something what am I gonna do and then I just realized like oh well I got two socks, and I think I used them both, <laughs> just to be double safe. And then I just walked around the rest of the day with no socks on, like some kind of fucking hipster. Like a 2008 era hipster. But that was one of those like just simple discoveries, but I'm like, oh, nice, because I still always try. I try to have something on me, but when you don't, socks man it just just feels more secure when disaster strikes when it's an emergency time and that's what this was unfortunately these were some of my best socks <laughs> really nice socks <laughs> but basically i won't uh, fucking belabor this too much or get too too gross 
But once I had my sock ready and my shoe back on, <laughs> just whipped my pants down, crapped as quick as I could. It was a disaster. Just used the sock just to basically, you know, keep things from being too horrifying. Abandoned the sock. Got the fuck out of there. I was in such a weird little obscure area on the weird side of the highway next to the fence. Like there's 0% chance anyone will ever come across my misdeeds. So that feels a little better too. At least I'm not just being some horrible person that just somehow shits in public and leaves it there, you know? Speaking of canals, I'm crossing the canal right now. Back toward Monk. The sun is just going down. It's like nice, pretty, pretty colors in the sky. Because I'm sure that's what everybody wants to hear about in the middle of my poop story, right? <laughs> it's the beautiful sun going down. And, like, there's Mount Royal. And I mean, it just doesn't look that far. But of course it's a mountain that the whole city's named after. Of course it's far. <laughs> of course that's a long walk, but it looks like it's right there. But yeah, basically, I mean, I think it went okay. But it's hard to tell because I was just trying to not dwell there and get things done quick and it's all dark and you know if you got some kind of time I don't know I mean if you're in like a, a park or something and you can find like a wooded grove or try to find like a fallen tree that you can kind of sit on you know there's ways that pooping outside doesn't have to be a disaster this was just a pure emergency disaster and I think I think I got away without getting poop particulates all over <laughs> my stuff, but I just couldn't be sure. There's just no way to be sure. And how do you even check? I don't want to touch it. I'm going to get poop on my hands. It just basically turns your whole outfit radioactive, you know? <laughs> it's like, I think I got away with that as well as I could have, but now I just need to get home and get these clothes off and get them away. Quarantined them somewhere. There's no way I was wearing any of these clothes anymore. Because if there's even the vague potential for them to smell bad, you know? Because I mean, I don't know, you just meet a lot of people in life who I don't know if they just have bad noses or what. But maybe they don't smell like poop, but maybe they smell like pee. <laughs> maybe they don't realize. Maybe their clothes are musty. Maybe they have bad breath. Maybe they're going too far the other way to try to avoid those situations so they're just an old person coated in fucking perfume. I didn't want to take any risks with any of these clothes, just in case. So I was like, all right, what I got to do is just get home. It was like 9.30 at night. Wash my hands first, because I don't know, just in case. My hand that I used with the sock also felt radioactive in my mind and get a new set of clothes, go straight to the shower, abandon the old ones, quarantine them away, shower all up, change clothes. And man, I mean, I don't know, this Airbnb, it's only me, another guy in the room next to me. Across the hall, there's a couple, a guy and a girl who are sharing a room. And there's a fourth room that I don't think has anyone in it. So it's only four of us for like a whole bottom floor of a house. It's actually quite, quite spacious, quite a lot of room. And in the morning, these people like fucking, the couple in particular, they're like fucking clockwork. <laughs> you 
as soon as like the uh, morning hits them, they're up and they're turning on the radio and they're playing music and they're talking loud and they're banging fucking pots and pans around and shit. And I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. Slightly annoying, but you do you. But then they go away. And then a little bit after them, the other guy goes away. So for the afternoon, no one's ever there. I'm just there by myself. And that's when I do all my stuff. Which is also how things worked. Or I was saying uh, earlier, in an earlier episode about the place I stayed in Toronto that was like crazy. It was like 16 people in a two bedroom apartment. And I think that would have been a lot worse for me if I had a normal routine, but everyone else living there was either a student or had a job. So in the morning, cause there was only a, one bathroom for all those people. In the morning, it was a shit show. It was insane. But I would just, I, I just shifted my whole schedule to be different from theirs so I wouldn't come back until like 11 at night or maybe midnight once everybody was asleep so I could just come in and just go into my little bunk and fall asleep and never have to really cross paths with anybody because there were with that many people living there there was only one case where people got in like a legit fight this one girl got in a fight with some guy and uh, whoever owned this place had a bunch of properties so he just moved them to other properties <laughs> it all worked out in the end but I'm, uh, I got enough friends. I'm not, I'm not there to make friends. I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> I don't want to get to know anyone. So I'd come in late when everyone was already asleep and just sneak into my little bed and then sleep in late so everybody else would get up and fight for the bathroom and stuff. And by the time I rolled out of bed at, you know, 11 in the morning, again, the place was basically just mine. I could just do my, do my showering and stuff and it was nice and easy. So I've been doing a similar thing here. Wait for everybody to clear out, do whatever I got to do when everybody's gone. But this time, I had no option. <laughs> it's like, I need to get out of these clothes. I need to get in the shower. I can't do anything else until then. I don't want to walk around my room. I don't want to touch stuff. I just, I'm radioactive. And I don't know what was going on with these motherfuckers, but it was like the fucking bathroom parade. One person goes to the bathroom, they leave, they walk across the house, they come back. I won't bother going into all the details, but just imagine that like eight or nine times between these three people, it just never stopped. And then they were like knocking on the door to each other. Oh, sorry, are you in there? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what were they all doing? So I just had to stand there for 20 minutes waiting, just like this fucking blows. I didn't even want to like use my phone because I didn't want to touch anything with my hand that was touching the sock that I used. Never mind. <laughs> this is uh, very nice, by the way. Went down a nice little side street. So cool with the map where I could just see what these places actually are. Parc Saint Paul. It's nothing really, just a teeny little park. It's like a block big. A block squared. This is really nice. There's a fountain in the middle, but. It's getting a little too late in the year, so it's not running. I'm not sure what the drinking outside laws are here. I don't think I can just settle down on one of these park benches and just guzzle away. Maybe, but hey, whatever. Wait till I get home. This one thing of beer should last me easily <laughs> the whole rest of the week that I'm here. But anyway, eventually everybody fucking finally went to bed and I just cleaned up all my crap and 
literally. And now I'm just uh, tying up the loose ends. So yeah, that, uh, that laundromat I found earlier, that's fine. I don't know why I let myself get so stressed about stuff. <laughs> like, oh no, I mean the cord, the cord's gone in my little stupid electric shaver. Mostly that one didn't stress me out, it just made me mad that I'm so dumb. It's just ridiculous that I didn't bring the cord. But yeah, I don't know, it's, uh, it's just funny how, I mean, I guess this is a thing too, maybe part of it is solo traveling. I like solo traveling, but uh, I'll do a podcast about that at some point, because I definitely had to work my way up to it. It's, uh, the nice thing about it is you're by yourself. You can just do your own schedule, your own routine. Don't have to worry about what anybody else wants to do with their time in a city. But when things get rocky, I mean, this is such a little thing. I've uh, got to find a laundromat, you know, <laughs> got to figure out how laundry works in this town. If there was somebody else here, that would just be the easiest thing. It would be a non-issue. Just like, whatever, let's just do it. I think being by myself, it's easier to let these things uh, build up a little in your mind and seem a little more stressful than they have any right to be. Because, well, again, I was just making it, making it stressful for no reason. Of like, well, I just don't want money. I don't want to bring money with me. But so what? Just get 20 bucks out of the machine, get some coins, do some laundry, fucking give the coins to a homeless person. You don't have to carry the money around, you weirdo. It's not hard to get rid of money. But okay, that's a, that's a nice rambly episode. Today's tip, socks are toilet paper. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.